the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me today from EP Wealth Advisors, CFP Chad Burton. He's a regional director. He also has in charge of a financial planning team of CFPs that obviously work together to get the results needed for your financial planning needs. Um, lots going on in the markets. We can always pick his brain on investments, insurance. We could talk about continuing education, what he's seeing out there, current market conditions. He is fed into the plethora of information that you need to know on your portfolios. Chad. Um, this has been an interesting year for bonds, the bond market, returns, the yields. It's, it's pretty complicated stuff. Let's talk a little short-term bonds versus long-term bonds in your mind. Bonds are basically an IOU. It's an IOU to the government or an IOU from a corporation where you lend them money and they give you a rate of return. Short, long, what are you seeing out there? Well, if we look at the overall bond market and one of the easy ways that you can kind of get a gauge of how is the bond market doing. Uh, you can look at the total return of different ETFs. For example, you could look at AGG, which is iShares Core U.S. Aggregate Bond Index ETF. Um, that total return, so that includes what is the price movement, but also what is the, how much have you received in interest payments for the year? Right, Total return so far this year is down 1%. Why is that? Because rates have been going up all year long. So, Bond market in general, we may end up with a second negative year in a row after last year. Um, and what's happened is the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates to fight inflation. And so the first thing that happens is the short-term rates that the Fed has more control over because they control the overnight lending rate between banks. That tends to jump up first. And sometimes you get this what's called an inverted yield curve. So what I mean by that is if you want to buy a two-year U.S. Treasury bond, it's considered one of the safest investments in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to get 5.04%. If you want to buy a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, you're going to get slightly less at 4.59%. So that's inverted. Usually you get paid more by loaning your money for a longer period of time. But right now, we've got short-term rates higher. In general, Rob, I mean, rates are higher than they've been since 2006. So it's setting up for a pretty decent buying opportunity in bonds. Um, however, you know, we got to get what's the real rate of return after inflation, right? Because inflation has been running pretty high. 
Um, but I think the biggest issue right now is that people are looking at the bond market and they're looking at treasuries and you can buy T-bills and T-notes uh, directly at treasurydirect.gov, for example. And you can build a 24-month T-bill and T-note ladder for and get over 5%. And so a lot of people are saying, well, why not just buy short-term bonds? If short-term bonds are paying more, why only why not just buy the shorter term bonds? Why would I want anything over five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years? Well, it's it's all about reinvestment risk. Do you remember that when we were dealing with that way back in the day? No, oh, yeah. Like in 2006. <laughs> so um reinvestment risk is uh you know, you have a you have the option, let's say right now you're gonna invest in bonds for 10 years because most people when they get, you know, especially into their fifties and definitely into their sixties, they need some bonds in their portfolio. Um, you need that balanced portfolio. So what types of bonds do you buy? Well, let's say you only buy the two year and you were doing this back in 2006. In 2006, that's when the two year bond was paying about as much as it, it, it was, it is right now. So you could have bought a 10 year bond at 5.13 or a two year bond back in 2006 at 5.24. Right. 10 year bond, you buy it. You didn't have to do anything for 10 years. Every two years, though, you're going to have to reinvest that money. So let's look at what happened in 2006. If all you did was buy a two year bond in 2006, you know, we, we eventually went into the, the great recession. So the first time that you had to reinvest that two year bond was in 2008. And so you had 5.24% for two years. The next time you reinvested that, Rob, in 2008, you were at 2.44%. And then the feds continue to drop rates to fight against the Great Recession. And in 2010, when you reinvested again, you got only 0.61%. In 2012, when you reinvested again, only 0.3% for two years. In 2014, your, your, that reinvestment was at a little higher, 0.49%. And your final one in 2000, 16 was 0.59%. So the 10-year bond ended up crushing the return of the two-year bond, even though it started out as a lower rate. So what happens when the the yield curve gets inverted, we go through a slow patch, sometimes a recession, the feds then have to drop rates. And those longer-term bonds, you get locked in at a higher rate, but also the value can go up. If rates go down, the value of a longer-term bond goes up faster typically than a shorter-term bond. And then you can sell that, trim it a little bit, and buy stocks typically on the cheap when you're rebalancing your portfolio. So long story short, don't just buy the short-term bonds. You got to have a nice mix in the bond portfolio. Kind of complicated. And you got to also yeah. protect against uh, knowing what you don't know, kind of, or being too confident that it's going to go your way. I like it is, yeah. It, yeah. But, I, you know, I think that... Um, you know, people thought we would already be in a recession yep. by now. People thought, you know, earlier in the year that the, that the feds would have to turn around and start to drop rates towards the end of 2023. And that's, you know, not happening. Um, so exactly. You do have to protect against what you don't know. One of the nice things about, you know, if you have larger portfolios, if you're investing $250,000 or more in bonds, if you buy the individual bonds and you buy, you know, let's say all the way from one to 10, maybe even a little bit longer in California tax-free municipal bonds. If interest rates go up, you look at the bond on your statement when it comes from your brokerage firm, right? And you can see the value of the bond go down. But you, if you buy individual bonds, you also know that at maturity, yeah. you're going to get that face value back. 
right? So it doesn't matter if you buy individual bonds, if it's dropped below where you bought it, if it's dropped below the face value, because as long as you know something financially doesn't happen to that entity, you're going to get that, that hundred bucks per bond back. How is the relationship with your clients right now, Chad, with bonds? Because it's been a tough two years. Are they saying less? Are they saying more? Are they being greedy when others are fearful? Are they being fearful when others are greedy? What's the vibe these days in the bond market? Well, right now, when when you have that competition where bonds are paying so much more than they were several years ago, mm-hmm. when the stock market is doing really well, and right now it's a very few number of stocks that are doing well, right? I mean, if you take out five to seven stocks, the S&P 500, the returns are flat. And if we look at the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 since January of 2022, it's still negative. Um, And so, but the S&P has gone up. Those tech stocks have gone up. So it's a little bit easier now for those that are retired when it's, hey, it's time to, you know, peel a little bit of growth off to replenish your cash or peel a little growth out of um, the stocks to rebalance the portfolio and bring your balance back to where it should be, whether it's 60-40 or 50-50. It's easier to do that now because bonds are paying more interest. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcase is always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. If it's not painfully obvious, I really like my job. I get to work in financial media. And like, listen to this story. Kellogg's cereal business begins trading as a standalone company. Who knew that you could buy Tony the Tiger Frosted Flakes as an investment? I'm not telling you to do that. In fact, I'm probably saying I know nothing about the company. Um, but it is a fun industry to work in. Today's another fun day because I get to work with CFP Chad Burton and his big financial planning brain. He's with EP Wealth. He's a regional director. He's also been on the show for years and years and years as a guest, and uh, he hosts his own podcast out there that you can find, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton, New Focus on Wealth. Um, you can find his website, chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. If you're interested in becoming a client, you can fill out a form, and he'll be in touch with you shortly thereafter. Um, but it's a little information gathering that goes on as well. Chad, um, we're obviously got a seminar. We have a seminar coming up in the end of October. We're doing a daytime on a Saturday, which is nice. A little change for us. Um, let's talk a little bit about insurance and what you're seeing out there. Um, we've talked a little bit about bonds and how interest rates are creating havoc uh, out there. What should you, what should someone do when they're seeing rate increases on long-term care insurance? So let's say I buy it at age 55. But by age 65, it's, it's, it costs me more and maybe I don't want it anymore. Um, yeah, how often, yeah. how often you, does that happen? Oh, it's, it's happening constantly. Um, so I, I would say I get at least one email per month from either, you know, from clients, another email or two from listeners on asking the question about what do I do about my long-term care insurance? One of the seven retirement tests where you can test your readiness is, if you know running your cash flow projections, which you have to make sure you're to the point where you have detailed cash flow projections and they're accurate with expenses and taxes and everything, what happens if you go into a nursing home for three to five years and spend 120 grand or more a year? And that's today's cost. So that's increasing with about five or six percent inflation. What's left over for your spouse? Is there a situation where 
long-term care and then poverty? Or um, are you going to be okay? And if not, you got to consider what's plan B. And one of those options is looking at long-term care insurance. And so we've been talking about this for years. When you look at long-term care insurance in terms of how long it's been available for people to purchase, it's a relatively young industry compared to life insurance. And so what happened is when all of these policies were first launched, you know, 25, 30 years ago, they drastically underestimated how long people are going to live and how much healthcare was going to cost. Um, and I think they just, it was just undersold. There's not enough people paying premiums and it's gotten way more expensive and even females are rated higher. So it costs more for a female to go get a policy at say age 65 than a male. Um, now this is one of the few insurance so that you can buy through your employer and sometimes get a better deal. So most of the time, if you're a healthy individual and you need life insurance, you're better off getting your own term insurance policy from a insurance broker, because that way, if you change jobs, you can take it with you and you only apply once and you lock in the premiums for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so, and it's usually more expensive through your employer, but with long-term care insurance, typically it's a little cheaper through the employer and subject to less rate increases that I've seen. So if you're 55 years old and you're doing your financial planning, you're trying to get ready for retirement in 10 years, and you need to do one of these tests on a scenario where you go into need long-term care, home health care, what happens, then consider buying that insurance through your employer because it's typically portable when you take, when you leave. Um, and so if, if you're a person that's had the insurance for years and years and you're getting these rate increases, it's not going to be the last. So you have to kind of say, okay, these, these premiums that I thought were locked in for life are going to go up. Can you continue to afford it? Uh, usually, Rob, when you get those rate increase notices, you have the option to decrease your benefits in order to keep your premiums the same. And so you need to be able to you know, work with your financial advisor that has a cash flow analysis ready and always available to update and say, how does this affect you? And if you drop benefits, how does that affect you? If you have to drop the insurance altogether, how does that affect you? And what's the plan B if you do go in? Are you going to sell your home? Uh, do a reverse mortgage or basically go on the poverty program known as Medi-Cal or Medicaid in other states. Just for conversation with you, um, I've seen the commission checks on reverse mortgages. They're pretty big, like really big. Just throwing that down. Um, how often do you see people renegotiate their insurance products? Because one of the things I've come to the realization, Chad, as I'm getting older, and as I am a client, as I, I do work with a CFP, your guy, Brad, um, I don't want to handle this anymore. I don't want to read it. I want him reading the insurance policies or maybe even a computer reading it to uh, and telling me what to do. I don't want to make these decisions. How often do you see that kind of scenario pop up where um, it's too much reading? It's too complex. It's it's. I don't want to deal with long-term care contracts. Oh, yeah. And then when you get the offer to, you know, here's your rate increase. But if you don't want, if you can't afford that, then here's four other options on top of it. It's Greek, right? Most people don't know the insurance industry. They don't know what they should keep, what the true meaning of this is. And again, you have to approach these these rate increases with the idea that there's probably going to be more in the future. And the reason why is because there's 60, there's what, 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day. So those people that are bought it, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, 
um, you know, they're, they're starting to claim on those policies now. And a lot of times I would say 50% of the time people are reducing their, they're changing their benefits a little bit to keep the premiums the same. Okay. And that's typically that individual who is in pretty decent shape for retirement. And they're kind of on the edge of being able to self-insure anyways. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a plan specific answer, Rob. It's hard to say what the right step is. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts, regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. One of the stories that I keep reporting on are Americans are spending a lot of money right now. Uh, we spent 5.8% more in August than a year earlier, and we're doing it on concerts. We're doing it on designer handbags, on trips. Um, as a CFP, I'm sure you have to not slap people on the wrist because that's the wrong approach, and don't do that. Uh, you might get arrested in the state of California, but um, <laughs> how often do you have to how often do you have to have that conversation? Like, uh, Rob, uh, you spent a little too much money this year. Uh gosh, how often? I know percentage wise, I'd say probably it happens. I, if if we if you look at my whole team of right. advisors between yes. the Redwood Shores, Vancouver, Washington, I would say probably say it's about twenty twenty five percent of the time. Um, I deal with the kind of the, you know, much higher net worth individuals. So I think it's less that I have to do it. Um, I have a lot of conversations, Rob, with people that are in their sixties and seventies that I'm trying to get them to actually spend more money. Um, they've retired with a lot of money and they're, they're trying to figure out what they're doing with their time, you know, their fun, their hobbies, their physical, you know, uh, health and gifting and things like that. And, so I have the conversation of enjoy the wealth that you've created just as much as, Hey, you've spent too much. I think in America, it's, Oh, oh you've spent too much for most people. Um, I, I can't tell you how many of my friends that I see that drive nicer cars than I do that go to Starbucks every day that, that do a whole bunch of things, um, that I know they haven't put, they haven't maxed out their 401k, you know? So I think that, we are definitely in a generation of you, 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 you deserve it right now. So you should have it right now. Um, it's, it's, it's a little rough to watch. Um, it's, it's there's, there's certain things that I don't understand that even, you know, yeah, like Louis Vuitton bags and things like that, that people spend four or five grand on. I don't get it trying to understand it, but, uh, I'm more of an experienced guy versus a, uh, you know, fancy items guy, I guess. I'm with you on the Louis Vuitton bags. Uh, makes no sense to me. So um, let's get back to some of the content we were playing with on life insurance, letting it expire. Uh, you brought up a term, hybrid life, long-term care. Uh, what is that product? 
Yeah, so this is kind of the life insurance industry's answer to long-term care insurance, and they've been around forever. I mean, they've been around, uh, you know, Rob, Nick just turned 24 this last couple of days, right? A couple of days ago. So you remember, that's that's easy how long you and I have been doing radio together because he had, it was a couple months before he was born when we started. Um, but back then, even there was these hybrid life insurance policies where you could put money in, you have a death benefit. And if you happen to go into a nursing home, you could use some of the death benefit before you die to pay for it. And so, you know, for some people, that's that answer on one of those tests that, um, Hey, what happens to my spouse and my assets? If I go into a nursing home for five years and pass away, um, that might be one of those answers that people can get on board with. Where okay, if I'm going to pay for this insurance, I at least know if I don't use it, I'm going to somebody in my family is going to get the money back through a death benefit. And so, for people that are buying, the, the where it tends to work really well is if somebody has a lot of cash on the sidelines, they don't feel like they want any more stocks or bonds, but they want some sort of protection against that long-term care piece. It can often be better than leaving the money in cash. And so what happens, let's say you buy it when you're 60 and you go into a nursing home when you're 75 years old and you have a half a million dollar death benefit, you can use a portion of that early up to a certain amount per month or per year while you're alive and needing care. Um, so where this could come into play, let's say you're 65 years old and you have a spouse that's much younger than you and you want to make sure that they're protected um, and uh, and but from not only a death benefit wise, but also from long-term care. Now these got, I actually own one through nationwide Rob, because we had to get some in the state of Washington, the state of Washington. And guess what? All a bunch of other States are going to follow suit where if you don't get some sort of a policy in place, you're going to pay an extra tax, an extra long-term care tax because States are pitching in. I can't remember what the amount is, but if somebody goes into a nursing home, Rob, and they're broke and they go yeah. on Medicaid, which is what it's called in most states, and Medi-Cal in California, it's a certain amount of money that's paid by the federal government and the state. And it's wreaking havoc on both the federal government's budget and state budgets. So they're trying to force people either to pay into a pooled long-term care approach or buy policies on their own. So people are going to have to start getting educated about this stuff because most people in Washington had to. Um, and Washington state was the, the way it played out was a joke. It's considered, it's constantly under challenge because if you bought one of these policies, you had a certain deadline to get a waiver from the state. Okay. Um, and if you miss that waiver, but still bought the policy, you're still paying the tax. So it's, it's really an unfair rule situation where a lot of people that just weren't educated, didn't have a financial advisor. They had no idea this was coming down the line. Yeah. And it's, it's really not a fun conversation, Chad. We um, know that my mother was in long-term care for three years. She died in long-term care during COVID. Um, and it's not a fun conversation. And like my spouse's in-laws, they don't have a plan. Their plan was to build an extra room to put a nurse in if need be. That doesn't sound like much of a plan to me. Um, and I don't really have a good plan yet, but CFP Brad should probably be shaking me a little bit, right? Um, in the next couple of years, as I approach 55, 60, um, to come up with a long-term, I just don't want to do it. It's, it's, it's probably the most unattractive product sold in the financial planning industry. 
Well, it's one of those, it's, it's very unattractive on the, on the pure long-term care insurance side. It's something that people need and and even wealthier people need to consider it because I think I've told a story to you before where when I was still working with my grandfather, when I was very young, um, we had a a wealthier client go into a nursing home and we finally went to visit him and he was sharing a room with somebody else. And this was a guy, a high net worth and his son, his name was Sam. I'll never forget it. I'm like, Sam, what is your dad doing in here? Why is he in this facility? This place is terrible. And he he couldn't answer the question. Oh, well, you know, there's just the availability, this, that, and the other thing. Sam was protecting his inheritance because dad was starting to lose the ability to know where he was. So Sam's like, oh, I'll go into this nursing home. Back in the time, it was like, you know, 30 grand a year instead of 50. Now it's 120. Um, so he was doing it for his inheritance. And the, the issue is, is that, you know, the dollar changes people, especially upon death or disability. Right. And having the insurance oftentimes makes even wealthier people feel better. Even if they could self-insure, sometimes they like it because it takes the decision-making aspect of their healthcare. It takes the money out of the decision-making for the healthcare. Right. So when you have a, a good estate plan, you have what's called a successor trustee that steps in. If you're incapacitated and you cannot make your own decisions, the successor trustee, which is often our children, yep. they they go in and they make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions. Um, and so if you can take the financial burden of those decisions off, then you know that they're advocating for your best care. And um, I also encourage people if they have desires on how they want, I want to every last dollar spent on keeping me in my own home, then put yep. that in your trust. You know, be very clear with the family about it. Um, I was recently helping another wealthier client do a kind of an inter-family reverse mortgage for their mom, where it has a situation of three kids, two kids not doing great, one kid very wealthy. Mom, you know, took care of the all of the kids and never really saved on her own. So we had a situation where if we would have sold the house, she would have paid a huge capital gains. So the, the client is actually kind of doing their own reverse mortgage to mom. And once mom passes and there's a step up in basis on the house, then it can be sold totally tax free and he can get his loan paid back. And then the rest that's left over is distributed among the kids. That was a, you know, family conversation and several months of planning that we had to do to make sure that that happened correctly and legally. Um, Shelly's best friend has a horrible family situation unfolding where the dad died and the mom instantly got uh, dementia and she's in long-term care. The son and the daughter don't talk to each other anymore because the son has different ideas how money should have been spent or planned or wishes granted or not granted. And the daughter is going by the letter of the law or the letter that was spelled out. They hate each other now, Chad. And it's yep. sad because uh, they're one of the first. He was a good guy. And then his wife, not necessarily him, his spouse has ideas on how she wants to spend that money later in life. And I'm just like, and I see a lot of those. I I get the feeling you see plenty of them as well. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many, it's happened in my own family. And you know, you go through life saying, ah, don't sweat the small stuff. When it comes to estate planning, you have to sweat the small stuff. Um, it's, it's, there, there could be one small item that has not much of a value, but there's a sentimental value and it can cause people to fight and lose relationships over it. So be very clear, especially even on the, the physical assets, on who gets what. Um, and if you know people are not going to get along, sometimes instead of naming one of the kids as the 
executor to settle everything out. And then that creates a problem and a lawsuit and drag out issues. You can appoint a professional fiduciary, a professional executor is basically the, the other term for it. So that it's a, it's an, it's an unbiased third party that has to act based exactly what the documents say. And then they have to report everything they do along the way. It's a, it's more expensive, but it can actually save relationships for your kids. If you're thinking about what happens after I pass. Okay, I have two different kids, one who's like sporty and one who's uh, nerdy. They're going to have different approaches to money. And I, I already know that from working in this industry with you. Um, plan ahead. We're promoting an upcoming event in October in San Mateo at the Crown Plaza. It's the seven readiness tests for retirement. Um, more on that can be found at his website, chadburton.com or my website, robblackshow.com. Um, it's a pleasure working with Chad. We come at wealth in two different ways. I think he's more of a wealth manager. Um, in my career, I've helped pick a lot of tech trends and highlight them on the show. And that's created a lot of wealth for people. Wealth creation, wealth preservation go hand in hand. So he's always good for the show. Always. You can find him at CFP, um, his podcast, uh, new focus on wealth, any podcast store, Spotify, you can find it. Um, Apple store, Google store, new focus on wealth with CFP, Chad Burton, Chad, us kind of getting into this and it's a kind of a sticky conversation because my spouse, her father's great guy, but he likes money is kind of like, um, it doesn't last long in his hands. He once bought a new car, took it back two weeks later to get a different version of the same car. Um, so he's not complicated with his money. Um, but he once was offered money to basically take his life insurance policy away from him and he can go spend some of it right here, right now, a viatical settlement. He will die in the future. His family won't get the money, but his uh, he got some up front. What do you think about viaticals? They're interesting. It's it's kind of gone through the same type of a, uh, I guess, tract as uh, reverse mortgages. Right. They be, they were a tool, and then they they became abused, and then they're getting better again. Okay. Um, so I, I just remember, you know, way back in the '90s that my grandfather did a couple of them and then I think one worked out okay and one didn't because it really became a situation during the end of the AIDS yep. uh, pandemic. And what happened is, you know, people needed money to live off of and they didn't have a long life expectancy. So they were able to sell, let's say their, you know, half a million dollar life insurance policy for 200,000. Now the company buys it, the person gets 200,000 in cash to live off of. And then the company waits until they pass away to get the half a million. And it's, you know, good investment for them if they pass away earlier. Well, drugs came out that helped people live a lot longer and people lost a lot of money on that deal. I think that, I'm not, I've never met anybody that's actually sold a policy, but it's been brought up before to me. And a lot of times when stuff like that happens is, is when people, you know, they have life insurance, right? Cause the formula when you're younger and you, especially if you have kids is if you have kids and if something happens to you, you know, you need to replace your income. Plus you need to be able to send your kids to college. So usually it's the formula is usually around, you know, 10 times your income plus, hundred grand per kid to get through college, right? So that's, that would be say somebody that's 30, that's as much life insurance they need, right? And so let's say you, you, you have to re-up your policy at 55 and you get another 20 year term policy, but you end up retiring at 65. So you're like, do I need this life insurance anymore? Should I just let it go? Should I just let it lapse? 
Um, and that's a tough question because that I, this, the thing that scares me as a certified financial planner, if somebody asked me that, I said, you don't need it anymore. You can go ahead and drop the policy and then they, you know, next day get hit by a car or something kind of scary. What I always encourage people to do before doing any changes on insurance at all, and this includes even getting rid of these expensive annuities that have these lifetime guarantee riders. Most of them are not great. Some of them are good. Most of them are not great. You have to know what your health is and you need to know this going into retirement anyways. So this means before you make any changes, go get a full physical. And I'm not talking about just going into your, you know, primary care physician or urgent care and just get doing the basic physical. I'm talking about EKG, you know, calcium scan to see if there's plaque buildup in your veins that are, you know, if, if you, if you have high cholesterol, it's one thing, but if you don't have plaque buildup, it's, you know, people like me that eat like more of a carnivore based diet are going to have higher cholesterol. So I need to be very careful on what's going on with my veins. Um, those are the kind of things that cause a heart attack and early death. So get a full physical, know where your health is prior to going into retirement too, because it could also change your views on retirement. What are you going to focus on? And a lot of times it's, hey, you need to focus on becoming healthy in retirement. It's, it's, it's a part of the process. So if somebody is going to go let go of a term policy that expires in 10 years, they don't really need it. But if you go into the doctor, Rob, and you find out you're very unhealthy and you have high cholesterol, plaque buildup, and a blocked artery, you're probably going to want to keep that, art, that policy, right? until you get that all cleaned up right. and taken care of. So, um, and, and also it, it helps you make other decisions. Like when should I take my social security? How much money should I draw on? What's my basic life expectancy? It all comes into play anyway. So I would encourage anybody to go in and get those types of full physicals prior to retirement and prior to letting any insurance go or any insurance change. Yeah. You know, there's um, not changing the topic, but it's still kind of in the same vein. The whole FTX bankruptcy, a lot of people have bankruptcy claims against the company where they might get some of their money back. They too are being sold for pennies on the dollar. And a lot of people are going out and buying Bitcoin with the money that they get from their settlement of losing $200,000. They'll get 20000 and go out and get... It's just, it's entertaining to look at like all these products that are out there. You must never get tired of this stuff. Any final thoughts as we wrap up the show? No, I never get tired. It gives us stuff to talk about, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for the people for sure, but... I mean, you know, people get sucked into it. I just, you know, saw a group of people that all got sucked into the same penny stock, a stock trading under five bucks a share that is running on fumes on a quarter by quarter basis. But, you know, they, they all ran it up and, and all ran it back down together. Um, so people just get sucked in based on fear and greed. And that's the worst way to invest. It's interesting that you bring that up because there's one person who emails me and he aggressively really, really wants me to like AMC. And um, it's just not my thing to do a meme stock or to do a broken stock. And he'll like throw statistics at me at email after email, like how wrong I am. Um, I'm sure you get a couple of those on occasion, right, Chad? Tell me you get some yeah, you, stock weirdos. <laughs> I usually don't respond to the stock weirdos other than just get a life. <laughs> there you go. Um, you can find CFP Chad Burton at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. We are doing a hit together um, Saturday, October 28th, 10 to noon, right before Halloween, but nothing scary here. It's the seven tests of retirement readiness. Chad's going to be going over taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals. Can you pass the seven tests? And that's a good sign if you can. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com, chadburton.com, or my website, robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening.
General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.